Amen. Welcome, welcome this morning. It's good to see everybody here. Yes, good to be seen, good to be here in God's house this morning. So glad to see all the faces out there that I see. Lovely looking group of people. It's good to, good to have you here this morning. If you got your Bibles, go with me. I want us to go to, uh, last week we talked about spiritual warfare, and today we want to kind of uh, continue on that theme a little bit uh, with the armor of God, the armor of God. I want to talk about one particular article of that armor because there's strategies that the enemy uses. The Bible tells us that one way we, we fight against these schemes and these, this, this warfare that's against us is uh, by putting on the whole armor of God. And uh, not the, it's, it, actually, it says the full armor of God. And, and, and so that, that tells me that it's not just certain pieces. Uh, all these pieces uh, together include the full armor. And God's wanting us to put on the full armor today. The full armor. So that in the evil day when it comes, how many think we're living in an evil day? Amen. There's been evil going on uh, forever, but, but I know we're living in an evil day. And when it says in that evil day, put on, put on this armor that you'll be able to stand against the wiles and schemes of, of Satan. And so uh, today we're going to talk about one particular article that's, that's really, when you hear it, 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 kind of, uh, it kind of throws you off a little bit because it's not an offensive or defensive weapon. All the others pretty much are offensive weapons or defensive weapons. This one is kind of neither. And so sometimes it gets overlooked, but I'm going to show you how it ties in and becomes vital. It, it is the foundation. It is the foundation to all the other articles. Uh, without it, you're, you're in trouble. Uh, you can't operate without it. And you can't operate the other articles without it. So today, that's why this one, that's why he starts out with this foundational piece. We've been talking a lot about foundation uh, since for a while now, the, the covenants and being on Christ, the solid rock, and and uh, this armor has found cornerstone, and this article this has a foundation as well. The the armor does, and it's called the belt of truth. It's called the belt of truth, and without it, you can't swing the sword of the spirit without the belt of truth on. Uh, you you can't lift the shield of faith without the belt of truth on, because uh, if you know you're going to find out the robes they tuck in their 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 belt and other things keep them from falling. You have to have the belt. If your pants are falling down, you're not going to be able to swing the sword, or if your robe is not tucked in and you're tripping all over. So we're going to see this article is so, so, so vital. So let's pray and we'll dig into it. Father, we love you. We thank you so much, God, for your word. We thank you for your promises, God. We thank you for every person here today, God. Uh, we, just, we, we just know that, God, we want, to, we want to stand in this evil day. And so, Lord, help us to put on the full armor of God that will be able to stand against the schemes and the wiles of the devil, God. And Lord, uh, it's not our armor that protects us, God. We, we, make, we make our own armor sometimes, God, with positive thinking and all kinds of other ideas and schemes and strategies, God. And uh, it, it's foolish, God. The only thing that's going to cause us to stand in the last day is when we put on the full armor of God. It's your armor. It, it, it's yours, and it works. And so, Father, help us and teach us today, God. Uh, speak to our lives, God. Crucify the flesh, God. 
The days of, 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 of foolishness are over, God. The game playing. God, the, the, the sowing to the flesh, God. Lord, crucify the flesh today, God. Let people hear. Those that really want to hear, God will hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. God, those who really want to hear, the seekers, the seekers, God, those who search for you and seek for you with all their heart will find you, God. Those that come by the way of the cross, those that come, God, through uh, death. God, the only way to find life is to find death. The only way to find life is to die. And God, we have too many in the Christian world that think you can come to Jesus and add Jesus to our already okay life. No, there's a death that takes place first. In order to live, you have to die. And God, there's too many that are trying to enter in and they've created another Jesus, Lord. One that allows you to keep your old ways and Him too. And that is not what the Gospel says. That is not what the Bible says, God. In order to come to you, God, we have to die. We have to die. Brad Lindsay dies. He goes down in the waters of baptism and he's resurrected up a new creation in Christ. Old things being passed away and behold, everything becoming new, God. Lord, there's a cross. There's a cross. There's a cross that we encounter. Every one of us that come to Jesus, we come through the cross. And we come through our flesh being just absolutely obliterated and crucified with Jesus Christ. And it's no longer I who lives now, but it's Christ who lives within me. And the life I live, I no longer live uh, in the works of the flesh, but now I live by faith in the Son of God who gave Himself as a ransom for me. And so, Father, let this Word go forth. Let the, let, the, let the sword of the Spirit, God, cut. Lord, there's no way back into that garden. There's two angels. That, they're protecting the tree of life. And, Lord, if you walk back into that garden, they have two flaming, they have flaming swords that are turning every which way. If you walk back in there, your flesh is going to get obliterated. Oh, God, there's only one way to the tree of life, which is Jesus, and that's through us dying, God. So that we can live. Unless a seed of kernel falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. But if it goes into the ground and dies, it, it, it brings forth life. And so, Father, bring life today through your uh, word, through your spirit. Resurrect us, God, with your resurrection life and power. God, we love you and we give you the praise and the honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Hallelujah. The armor of God. The belt of truth. How many uh, know we're in a season where those, I believe we're in a season where those who don't have on the armor of God will not be able to stand? No, I mean, I, I, that's hard word, but it's the truth. If you do not have on the armor of God, you will not be able to stand against the wiles and schemes that are going on because it's insane what's going on out here today. Amen? It's insane. It's insane. Not only what's going on out there, but what's going on in, in the house of God in different places and in pulpits and across the world. And, and so I'm telling you, it, 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 you're going to need this article. How many have ever bought something and you thought that you were using it correctly? Ever bought something and used it for a while and thought that you were using it correctly only to find out 
like your kid comes over and says, why are you doing that? Why are you doing it like this? Look, turn this around and do this. And then you find out this thing has way more functionality, Joe, than like what did you ever imagined. You're like, are you kidding me? You really? It works like that and it works that good? Well, that's what we're going to talk about today because I believe that's what we've been doing with the armor of God and with the belt of truth. We, we, we were like, it, it, we think we're using it correctly, but we're not. And when you turn it around and you find out, this is how I use it. This is what, this is what, it means to put on the on the belt of truth we're going to find out it has so much for us and it works and operates so much better than probably how we've been using it so that's what we want to do today we want to look at that if you got your bibles go to ephesians 6 10 and let's read the uh, scriptures here through about verse 18 and it says this finally be strong in the lord and in his mighty power put on the full armor of god so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes How do we take our stand against the devil's schemes? Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and rulers, authorities and powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces uh, of evil in heavenly realms. So there's an army Satan's got. He's got this hierarchy going on. And it's not just like, he didn't just say there's there's a devil with a lot of bad dudes with him. No, he said there's this hierarchy, all kinds. There's this army you're facing. There's this uh, demonic structure that you're going up against. And it says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, then stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which is... Uh, can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. I love how he comes to the end and he begins to say, now, after you put all this on, pray, and then pray some more, and pray some more for all of God's people. Amen? Amen? Come on, we need to pray. We need to be a people that have the armor of God on, and then we need to pray. Uh, and so, because we thought things were bad, right? We thought things were spinning out of control. But now, things that I thought would take a generation or two to happen are now happening at a record pace. I mean, things that I thought, like, like you couldn't imagine what was coming. I knew when we went down some of these slopes that we were going to slide. There was no end to where we were sliding, but I thought it would take a while to get there. It's not taking a while to get there. We've jumped from zero to, 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 to 60 in 1.3 seconds. I mean, we're there already. And, and, and there's no end to where this thing is headed. We, we knew our institutions were bad, but now they're falling apart. They're falling to pieces. We knew our government was corrupt, but now the, 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 the veil has been lifted and we're finding out it is far. Yeah, we knew there was a little cheating. We knew there was a little voting. We knew there was a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But now the veil has been lifted and it's far worse than your minds could ever allow you to imagine what is going on in the halls of Congress and what is going on with your senators and your, your presidents and, and all over uh, the, down to the local school board levels and everywhere else. It is a mess. It's a mess out there and things are going on. There's corruption and, and morality has not just kind of gone. It's been obliterated. Right? 
At one time, we could all kind of agree on a certain morals and values that we wouldn't do or we wouldn't even go there. But that's been obliterated now. I mean, it's just absolutely insane. It's sick and the, that the moral code is gone. And because of all this shifting and all this changing that's been taking place so rapidly, so recently, the enemy has opened doors everywhere. He has open doors everywhere, everywhere, from government to, to, to church buildings to, to families to, to uh, everywhere, workplaces. I mean, we have, we have given him a foot, and he has, he's got a foothold into everything, and he's absolutely moving. Uh, abs- uh, he's been around a long time, folks. He knows how to watch behavior patterns. He knows, your, he knows generations of your family. He knows weaknesses. He, all he's got to do is sit around and watch you a little bit and he figures out what, what, what would be easy to snag. That person's got a propensity to anger. That person's got a propensity to lust. That person's got a lying tongue. That person's got this. That person's got that. All he has to do is sit there for a He's been watching human nature since the time he got fell out of the sky and, and got kicked down to this earth. He's been watching these things so he is really good. The devil is a sly old fox, right? If I could catch him, I'd put him in a box. Lock the box and throw away the key for all those tricks he's played on me. I'm glad I've been converted. That's what we used to sing in children's church. I'm glad I've been converted. I'm glad I've been converted to Jesus Christ, my Lord. He is a sly old fox, right? He's, he's sly. He's cunning. He knows exactly what he's doing. And he knows our fears He knows our worries. He knows our anxieties. He knows our wrong conceptions of ourself. He knows our wrong conceptions of God. And Satan is raging. He is raging like a raving lunatic now because he knows his days are short. And we need to know what God has provided for us through the armor of God so that we can stand up against the schemes and wiles and attacks that Satan is coming at us with. And so today we're going to talk about the first art of this armor that we need to put on. It's called the belt of truth. And that's a weird thing if you talk about article. Why would we, we would be worried about a belt? Because we wear belts now most of the time. Yeah, they're practical and keep our pants up. But most of the time, they're like accessory items that we wear. That we, uh, we, we, we uh, put on to go bling bling and all that and make people impressed. But, but the belt of truth here is more than that. It is absolutely something that is vital. It is foundational. It is essential to all the other pieces of the armor. As I said earlier, the articles uh, are, are, there's defensive articles like the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. There are other articles that are offensive like the sword of the spirit, the shoes of the gospel, uh, which, which are used to take ground against your opponents. But this belt is not exactly defensive and it's not exactly offensive. Uh, it, it's foundational to every other article in this equipment that we need to stand against the wiles of the devil. You can't swing a sword without the belt of truth. You cannot lift a shield without the belt of truth. Nothing works in this armor without the belt of truth on. And so uh, you, or you're going to lose your footing. You're going you're to not stand your ground. So the belt of truth is absolutely foundational. It's absolutely vital. When Paul is writing this, he's staring at a Roman soldier, looking at his weaponry, looking at his armor that he has on him. At this time, they didn't have these nice pants 
hats that we wear. They had long flowing robes that they had to wear. And so they had these robes under their armor. And when those robes were scattered about, they would have to take these robes and tuck them in their belts so that they didn't fall, so that they didn't trip, so that they're advancing the enemy. They didn't stumble over those things. And the Bible tells us to gather up. Here's what the Bible tells us about the belt of truth and the armor of God in the spiritual realm. It tells us this. It says, gird up your loins. Gird up your loins. Okay? Gird up. Gird up the thoughts and the imaginations and everything that's scattered around and tuck it into the Word of God. Tuck it into the Bible. Take the things that are scattering the lies, the misconceptions, everything that's tripping you up along the way. Take it and gird up the loins of your mind and tuck it into the Word of God. Amen? Therefore, gird up your loins, the loins of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope fully on the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. In other words, again, gather the scattered thoughts and take those misconceptions about you, about God, the lies, all these things, and take them and tuck them into the Word of God. Now, today we're going to cover two things that, uh, of how do we do this. How do we put on the belt of truth? How do we take these things? How do we take the the loins and gird them up? Everything that's scattered around, all these thoughts, all these imaginations, all these voices. How do we take those things and gird them up and tuck them into the Word of God? How do because when we do that, we're putting on the belt of truth. Well, how do we do that, John? How do we put on the belt of truth? Well, there's two things that we have to do in order to put on the belt of truth. Number one, we have to consider, and number two we'll get to in a moment we have to cover our privates or our private parts number one we have to consider and number two we have to cover our privates or private parts so let's look at number one we have to consider the tactics of this enemy he has tactics he's smart like I said He's a, he, he's, he's a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. He, he's, he's been around. He, he's got schemes. He's got tactics. He's got devices that he wants to use to try to diminish our faith. He wants to diminish our faith with it. That's what he's after. He's after your faith. And he loves to play. He, loves to, he wants to di- diminish your faith. He wants to shipwreck your faith. And... And he repeatedly uses, infect, he wants to infect the mind. He wants to infect the imagination. He wants to infect the desires in you. And so he, he loves to inject uh, into our thoughts uh, and cause our desires to go wild. Isn't that what he loves to do? Come on. And he loves it, man. He's playing a bunch of us uh, with, that, with, with the stupidity of social media. He loves to just, bam, he'll put something out there and your mind runs wild. What did she mean by that? What did he mean by that? And all of a sudden he injects things into our mind and they go wild. Our passions, well, I tell you what, I'll, I'll, I'll fling another verse back at her to counter that one. And man, our imaginations, we're fighting with the word of God. We're fighting with truth. We're fighting each other. And all of a sudden he's 
infecting our imaginations and our thought life to cause everything to just go wild. He loves to take good desires that God has given and he loves to infect those desires with imagination, with lies, and they be until a point where they become self-destructive in our lives. Let me give you an example. Take anger. Anger in and of itself is not a terrible thing. In fact, the Bible, God gets angry. I know that, that bothers that. See, liberal theologians lose their mind. They can't handle the fact that God gets angry. But God gets angry. And anger in and of itself, there's a time. Folks, if there's something unjust, if there is something against the Word of God, it ought to make us angry. There's a righteous indignation. If somebody gets murdered, if somebody gets slain, if somebody gets molested, if somebody gets raped, that ought to inflame us. That ought to make us angry. But God gives us something to protect us. We need to tuck this anger into the Word of God because He gives us the belt of truth. And He says, He says, you need to consider. You need to consider something. And so He says, here's the deal. Don't let the sun set on your anger. Because if you let the sun set on your anger, imaginations are going to come. Satan's going to see it. And Satan's going to say, I know Gabe. He'll let his anger go crazy. And he's not going to let it go tonight. And I'm going to inject all kinds of lies into his thoughts, all kinds of imaginations. And he, I'm going to hit the play button. And that's what he does. He hits the play button. And all of a sudden, now you begin to dwell on what that person did or what that person said or who that person is until bitterness gets down in your soul. And now you're lying in the bed and you can't sleep tonight because the recording's going over and over and over and over. And now you're sitting there stewing. And now anxiety comes because of anger. And now depression comes because of anger. And now you got to hit the pills. And now you got to hit the bottle. And now you got to hit all these other things because you can't stop the imaginations and the lies and the misconceptions going on in your mind. That's exactly what kind of warfare we're talking about. And that's why. God says you got to stop you got to stop and you got to you got to know his schemes you got to know you got to tuck these thoughts and tuck these things into the word of God and bring them unto unto me and let it not run wild because the enemy is going to try to take that thing and he's going to try to play with something that's actually good and turn it uh, into something that's destructive take uh, the same thing take uh, uh, like um, the next thing if you take uh, fear let's take fear for uh, an example. Uh, you probably say a lot of people say, oh fear, fear no fears, fear's horrible Christians should never fear, they got a lack of faith baloney baloney fear is a good thing sometimes you know what they told me when we went to New York stay on the paths where everybody trots don't venture off into some alleyway you know why? Because if you venture into some alleyway and you see some guys in the cloak of darkness with weapons back there, guess what? You know what's going to kick into Brad Lindsay? It's fear. And that's a good thing. Because Harlan, you know, you said you, you used to beat up every girl in your neighborhood, right? 
Well, when I saw some of them, I took off running because they, I knew I couldn't, you know? And so, so fear is a good thing. When fear comes, it causes you sometimes to, to be aware, whereas you would not be aware of danger. Now you're aware of it. And guess what it does sometimes, Tom? It causes you to run like crazy, further than you could ever run, faster than you could ever go. Adrenaline kicks in. Sometimes mothers come and they have all these terrible wrecks and their kids pinned under a car. And what? has God done? He's given them the, the fear would cause them to be able to lift a car off of somebody and get them out from under it. Folks, fear can be a good thing, but guess what? It can also bring you to a place where Satan, can you can be all the way away from that situation and all of a sudden he begins to scheme and play with your mind. And now when you're all alone and you're away from there, fear begins, so it can work in our favor, but then it can also work to a, to a, to a negatively. All of a sudden now, you're at a place and the movie starts playing again and you say oh my goodness oh my goodness oh my goodness and we're fearful of everything you can't sleep at night you're sitting there worried you hear a bump you hear this you hear that and all of a sudden now fear has seized your life when there's nothing even there to be fearful of he just hits the play button playing it playing it something that happened a long time ago and now you're fearful of everything because he just keeps playing the record over and over and over or maybe like the fear of the future you know you you look at the stock market you look at it your 401k every day you're you're fixated on it because you're fearful you're fearful and he's got you so fearful that he just wants to destroy and diminish uh, your your faith in God and so he just plays it over and over and over and so when we become infected by Satan's attacks and we can't shut off that fear then what do we do? How do we deal with it? How do we deal with these strategies and these attacks of Satan? Well, what you do is you put on the armor of God. That's what you do because that's what he tells us to do. And when we put on the armor of God, we're going to be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. And when we put the belt on, it's foundational to this. And I want you to look at the first point we said, consider. I want you to look at Matthew. And I want you to read this with me. Matthew 6, 25. And look at what it says. Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your Father, Heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they are? And which of you, by being anxious, can add one single hour to his span of life? And why are you anxious about clothing? And here's the word that I want you to get that Jesus is teaching us. Consider, consider, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. How they grow. And they neither toil nor spin. We'll go on and read the rest. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. I mean, but if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? He goes on to say, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Even your, for the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, then all these things will be added unto you. For, therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Its own trouble. 
Uh, he, he, says, he says, if you want to deal with infections in the thought life, which Satan is going to come at us with. He's going to come at us with these infections in uh, the, the thought life. And he's going to hit the play button on the movie. How many's got a, how many knows he comes all the time in your mind and hits the play button on the movie? Come on, right? Come on, he torments you over and over and over and over and over. How many are sick of it and ready to stop it? How many is ready to stop the play button? Well, God's told us how. And he tells us how, and it's to consider. It's time to shut off the movie. The key to shutting off the movie in your mind is putting on the belt of truth. It's putting on the belt of truth. That's how we do it. Look at what he said. And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider. Why are you anxious? Do you want to stop it? Consider, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. Now here's what Strong's Concordance tells us that consider means. It means this, consider in the Strong's Concordance means to learn thoroughly. This is where I'm going to zone out half of you because you, you want, you want, you, we want to run aisles and jump pews, but we don't want to just take the, what God tells us and just do the simplicity of the Word of God, which will fix our problem. He's going to tell us real easy what to do, but our flesh recoils at it because we want somebody just to, we want to just to wave a magic wand and it be, be gone. Here's, he's going to tell you how to do it, Nana, and here's how you do it. You, to learn thoroughly and to note carefully to learn thoroughly and to note carefully this is how we do it this is this is how we deal with the inflections in the thought life and in the flesh we 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 learn thoroughly and we note carefully that's how we put on the belt of truth learning thoroughly noting carefully that means study the word of god every day okay that means, that means just doing this once or twice a month is not putting on the belt of truth. It's not going to cut it. Do you hear me? That means coming to church on Sunday once a week and going to Sunday school and the preacher preaching at you and you not getting in this book of yourself is not going to do it. It's learning thoroughly. You want the play button in the mind to stop? Learn thoroughly and note carefully. Come on, if you want that hell in your head to stop, know, learn thoroughly and note carefully. Okay? And, and so it, it, the Word of God must become a priority. If I said this, this statement, I've been exercising thoroughly. Can't you tell? <laughs> Joe thought I was... <laughs> Why are you laughing, Joe? If I said I've been exercising thoroughly... Every day. That doesn't mean once a month I'm going to the gym. That means I'm getting up every day of my life and exercising, right? Obviously, I'm not that guy. But that's what it means. And that's what it means to learn thoroughly. It has to become a priority. It has to be like eating food every single day. And then secondly, so, so we stay in it. You say, well, I don't understand it. Then stay in it. Stay in it. I didn't get algebra the first time either. I didn't get English. It took me 12 years. And I still don't know it. So learn thoroughly. Right? 
You learn it. You do it every day. And if you keep seeking and you keep searching with all of your heart, eventually the Holy Spirit is going to open this thing up and it's going to become a reality. If it's not the first month or the second month or even the first year or the second year, keep doing it. Learn thoroughly. And the Holy Spirit will eventually connect the dots and it will open up and you'll be like, aha, aha. But stay with it and stay in it. The second thing you have to do is you have to, if you're going to put on the belt of truth, is you have to note carefully. You have to note carefully. This is going to hurt the Pentecostal and charismatic people, which I am one of them. You have to use your minds. Experience is good, but you have to use your minds. Note carefully. We have to think through things. We have to wonder how this connects to my life and how does this come together. What does this mean specifically for me? You have to put effort into it. You got to get out of the noise and get off the phone, and you got to put effort into it. You've got to read the book. You got to study the book. You've got to ask questions. One of the ways that you can learn in a devotion time, this is how you practically do it you ask questions. Donna, you came to me this morning and said, You ask questions. That's taking note. And here's some questions you can do when you read the scriptures. Number one, here's number one. This is a good question that you should ask every time you read the book. You know, to do it on every passage, but you should do something like this. It doesn't have to be these questions. It can be different ones. But here's one of them you can ask yourself so that you start thinking and not just reading stories. Number one, you start to ask, what does the passage reveal to me about God? What does the passage, maybe that would get us out of thinking about self all the time. What does the passage say to me? Isn't he the key player and not us? I know you thought you came to church today for you. Let me introduce you to someone. His name is God. What does the passage reveal to me about God? Question number two. Now we'll get to you. What does the passage reveal to me about myself? And then number three question that you can ask is what would my life look like if I really believe what the passage revealed to me about God and what it revealed to me about me? Like let's give a for instance. God said we're all sinners and come short of the glory of God. What does God say about that? We're all sinners. What does this reveal about me? I'm a sinner. If God said we're all sinners and if God said... I, and if I've come to the conclusion that I am a sinner, then what should I do about this? What does it reveal to me? That I need to repent. That I need a Savior. That I need somehow to get rid of this sin problem and somehow to be able to come back to God. So you want to put some thought into this. And that's a good way by beginning to note, ask questions. When you ask questions, it causes you to stop and consider. And if you don't get all the answers, come to Sunday school. Come to somebody else. Come somewhere else and start. Another way to learn uh, thoroughly is to ask questions when we read the Word of God. Another way is to journal. To journal. That's another way that we can do it. Write in your Bible. I know that. 
All, if it bothers you to write in your Bible, don't write in your Bible. Get you a notebook. I like to write in my Bible like crazy. I highlight everything. I like to write. I write the questions and the answers to the questions here or in a journal. And, 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 uh, and, and begin to think about these things. That will help you put on the belt of truth. When we note carefully, when we journal, it begins to cause the Word of God and the belt of truth begins to be put on to us. And then look, thirdly, Here's what a lot of people don't like to do, especially wounded people. Get into a community, a small group, and begin to talk about the Word of God together. This is another way you learn thoroughly. Is as you go by the way, you get into groups and you begin to talk about the Word. When you come over and you grill a steak, we're talking about the Bible. What would you think about Brother Brad's sermon? Well, I, I got this out of it. And we begin to talk about the Word. I'm reading in the book of Isaiah. And I, don't, I just I don't know about this. And we begin to just talk about the Word of God amongst each other as we play golf. As we do things and do life together, we begin to talk about the Word. It's vital that you get into a group of people and and you begin to, to, to hash the Word of God around. It's a way we learn thoroughly. It's the way we grow. It's the way we deepen. It's the way we get into a community. We go over Scripture. And iron sharpens iron. And we gather and begin to talk about words. The Word of God. Now there was a season. Hear me. When you could live off the pastor's preaching. You could come on Sunday and say, Good word, brother. Man, I love the way you preach. There was a season you could listen to occasional podcasts and get excited and all those things. But that's now ending. Listen to me. Listen to me, long faces. <laughs> that's now ending. And, 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 and you must put on the belt of truth. You must put on the belt of truth now. We must have this armor on. You, you must, and the way we put that armor on is by considering by considering. And how do we consider? This is just an easy lesson, but it must be applied. It's an easy lesson. We put on the belt of truth by considering. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. Consider those. Let me give you another place where, where Jesus said in, uh, um, in the 12th verse, listen to what he says uh, of Hebrews. For consider him, consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your mind. How are you going to keep, how are you going to keep on going? How are you going to put on the belt of truth? How are you going to fight off the attacks of the enemy? By considering. Consider the lilies of the field. They grow. Consider Jesus who came against such hostility and in his mind and around him so you don't grow weary and faint in your minds. You're going to consider, you're going to consider, and the way you consider is by looking carefully into the Scriptures, asking questions. You've got to read them first. You've got to read them daily. You don't have to read 50,000 chapters like I used to think. You can read just a little bit, just a little bit. I know you're busy people. We're all busy. Read a little bit. You've got time for just a little bit, and ask a couple of questions, and then begin to journal something there in your Bible or in a notebook, and watch God answer those things, and then get in a group of people where you can talk about it. That's number one, consider. Well, let's look at number two, the fun one. How do we, how do we put on the belt of truth? We cover our privates or our private parts, right? What does that mean, Brad? It means what Amber did last week that a lot of you don't want to do. It means letting the Word get down into the parts you want covered. 
and you don't want anybody to see. If you're going to have the belt of truth on, there's no way to have it without allowing the Word of God to go deep inside to those parts and deal with them. If not, you're not going to be wearing the belt of truth. I'm not saying you got to get up publicly, but you got to let God in there. you got to let the Word of God inside of you. The privates are the most vulnerable places in your life. And the belt was the girdle that protected the private area or the private parts, the most vulnerable area. And we have to study our Bible, think through passages of Scripture for ourselves. We have to know doctrine, but that alone is not enough. That is not enough to get the belt of truth on. We must also let it get into our inward parts. And I see so many Christians that will not go there. They will not let it get into the inner part. In fact, that's why they won't come to small churches. When you start fingering and touching that part, they're out of here. Ain't nobody touching that part. Ain't nobody putting baby in a corner. Right? Act like you had never watched a movie before. No, no, nobody's touched that place since 1952. Ain't nobody getting there. My wife doesn't go there. Nobody goes there. My children don't go there. Nobody's going there. And it comes out in your character, and we all see it. It comes out in my character. I've got a place, it's called withdrawing. When I feel the heat coming on, I withdraw. I go into my self-turtle shell, my protective shell, and I begin to protect myself. When I don't want to deal with controversial issues and matters, I begin to shrink back and begin to try to figure things out. And God's saying, I want that place. I want that. Brad, if you want the belt of truth on, you've got to let it hit the most vulnerable areas of your life. You've got to let it hit the private parts. It's, it's not enough to know doctrine. It's not enough to, 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 to know all these other things, to journal all these other things. It must affect the private areas of your life, the places that we want to cover, the shameful places, the areas you do not have on the belt of truth. He wants the belt of truth in those areas. These areas, uh, he, he wants it there. He, want, he wants, uh, he, for, here's some examples of the way it'll come out. For some of us, it comes out with a gossiping issue. It comes out with a gossiping issue because it makes us feel better about ourselves to tear somebody else down than it does. It builds us up. So, so we've been into this, this thing where we gossip. It's just a lot easier to, to be critical of everyone and, and, and to allow God to deal with it, than to allow the Word of God to seep down into this area and deal and, and, and to be touched and to cover these, these vulnerable parts. For others, it's that we lie. We lie. We're compulsive liars. We don't, we don't want to deal with the consequences of the truth. Never in our family did we have to, did anybody deal with things and meet things head on. They skirted the issues. So you grew up thinking it's okay to lie rather than meet the thing head on. And so you, you justify it. 
Everybody else's sins are wrong, but that little area, that's okay. And so we, we ignore, oh, what does God say about Oh, I'm not reading that today. So we skirt around it. We don't deal with the issue on lying. And that you ought to deal, that God says deal with something head on. That God says you got to deal with these things or there's sin. He wants us to let the Word of God seep down into these inward parts and to cover these inward parts. Some of us are just so sensitive, you can't speak anything to you. Everything's offensive. People that are saying things, trying to help you, and, and you get so offensive. It's like walking on eggshells all the time because you won't let these areas be touched by the Word of God and to be healed. Amen? Amen. For others, it's pride. Ten people can tell you the same thing in different settings and circumstances and situations, and they're all wrong, but you're right. You're not teachable. Not teachable. I can come at you with Scripture to prove that area is wrong. Ten other people can come. And by golly, no way. No way. That's even a possibility. It's called pride. It's called pride. And it's a vulnerable part that God's trying to get down inside and to reach inside and to touch that part of your life. And the only way you're going to be covered by the belt of truth is if you let God's Word go down into these places and cover you there. God's Word will cover. God's Word will cover and protect you. God's Word, the belt of truth, will be put on and you will be okay. And so all of us have these blemishes. All of us, right? Everybody in here, don't look so downcast. All of us have these issues. You're not the only one. I got them. We all have them. And, and they're open doors to where the enemy can come in with these lies, with these, with these uh, inject these thoughts and all these things into our mind. And so we all have these blemishes. And the only way those places inside can be healed, hear me, is if God's Word is able to penetrate, to search, to convict, which we don't like. After salvation, there should still be conviction. Come on. This word ought to be, it's a two-edged sword. It's a two-edged sword, Phil. It cuts. It cuts through those lies. It cuts through the imaginations. It cuts through the things that don't need to be there. And it heals. The only way you can be healed. This is why so many are walking around with these blemishes. And the devil just keeps on in your mind with the fear. With the worry. With the anger. With the pride. With the gospel. With the criticism. With all these things. Paranoia. all The withdrawing. All these things. Is because only those places can be healed by the word of God. Being allowed to penetrate. To search. To search, to search the hearts and minds, to search the Word of God. It searches the inward parts. It's searching. You got to let. You got to stay in it. You got to stay in it. You got to go to the places you don't want to go. You got to stay in the Word of God. You got to let it penetrate the places in your life and let it stay there until it brings healing. The bitter and the sweet. I don't like that. Look, I go to this word all the time and say, man, I don't like that. That ticks me off. I got to go apologize to those people. I mean, really, does it, it ticks me off. And I have to say, God, I don't have an out. Either 
I disobey and harden my heart and open myself up to imaginations and all sorts of things that stay in this mess, or I come to your word and let it deal with these things. So God, I'm, I'm here. Hurt so good. Come on, baby, let it hurt so good. Bring it on. Just be gentle, God. Right? Listen, a pastor once said this. If we sit down and... He said, here's what we do. We sit down and page through the scripture and we decide what we like and what we don't like. You know what that's called? All of us, don't judge me. You just judge the word of God. How about God saying, don't judge my word? Because that's what you do when you go through here and you say... And we, we, we judge the Word of God. And you know what the Word of God is supposed to do? It's supposed to page through you. And it's supposed to judge you and say, I don't like that and I like that. That's got to go and that's got to stay. Rather than you going through it, mm, don't like that. No, don't believe that. Uh, that's good right there. Man, I'm the head and not the tail. Yeah, I, No, you let it go through you. From Genesis to Revelation, and you let it needle you, and you let it say, that's going, Russell, out of your life. That doesn't belong here. It's got to go. Let it judge you. Judge yourself, lest you be judged. Right? It's quiet in this Methodist church. And until we can do that, folks, we don't have on the belt of truth. It works on the flip side as well. It works on the flip side. Even the sins that, 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 we, don't, um, that we don't consider sins like this, uh, the not so obvious, it, it can work as well. To the self-deprecating people. The self-deprecating, what do I mean? I mean when the Bible tells you that you're a son or daughter of God and you don't want to receive that because you love being a victim. You've been a victim all your life and you just want to stay a victim. And so you walk around like a victim all the time when the Word of God is telling you to come out of that place and to believe the Word of God, that you're a son and a daughter of God, that you are the child of the King. And so, so we've got to let the Word of God come in here and we've got to allow it to cover those places and to heal those places and to protect us in those places. And then we have on the belt of truth. Allow it to search us and, and find those things that have, where I've been walking, this is right and this is not right. And, and and, and folks, I just don't think there's, a, 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 there's, a, there's an option for this anymore. I think we've got to consider, we've got to uh, apply the Word of God to, 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 to uh, our lives, and we've got to apply it to the private parts that we don't want to apply it to. And that one, secondly, I wish I could just stay on that forever. I'm begging you, church, as a people, apply this Word of God to the private parts of your life because I know for a fact as a shepherd for 20-something years that, that, that I know there's some people in this room and, and that, that, that you have not done this. You have not applied the Word of God to this area. And it, you've got to apply this Word to this area or it's going to affect you in the coming days. You need the belt of truth. It's not an option anymore uh, because you can't walk around. We can't continue to walk around as a Christian without armor. We can't walk around as a Christian without armor. So, Father, Lord, in the name and by the blood of Jesus, Lord, I pray, God, that this word will have penetrated and spoken to our lives today. 
God, I pray, Lord, that huh, we would have both doctrine and experience. God, I pray that, uh, that we would begin to uh, no longer allow the play button. Satan wants to, wants to infect our imaginations. And he does such a splendid job of that. And just to, to, to take something like fear that's good or, or anger or, or these things that are okay and then to, to literally cause us to dwell on them and, and cause the play button to be pushed and to play over and over until it becomes something that destroys us and our faith. And Father, you tell us the remedy to this is the belt of truth. And you tell us the way we put on that belt is by, number one, considering. Considering. We've got to get into this book every day, God. And we've got to begin to ask questions, to journal, to get around other people and talk about this book. And then secondly, Lord, we've got to allow it go down into the most vulnerable parts of our lives and to heal us, God. And to cover those parts so that the belt of truth can be strong on our lives. And Lord, now as we put on the belt of truth today in this church, God, it, it's going to help be the foundation or the cornerstone, so to say, that, that will hold all the other pieces together in place. That, it, that, 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 that we, can, we can use the other pieces correctly. And so, Father, we thank you for showing us this today. Make it a reality, God, in this church and in our lives, God. Help us to put on. Let us, let, us, let us decide today to put on the, the full armor of God today, Lord. And we want to operate uh, with the belt of truth around our waist, Lord. We love you. We give you the praise and the honor in Jesus' name.